Hello, everybody, and welcome to what is the first preview we have for the upcoming Euro 2020 tournament. Uh, it's really Euro 2021, but UEFA is not going to spend more on marketing, and they probably shouldn't have to because this tournament that we have been waiting one year for has finally come to fruition. It is here. It is upon us. It starts this week. And we here at Bavarian Podcast Works are looking to provide you with all of your best content possible for the Euro 2020, whether that's in written form or whether it's in podcast form. We have a massive effort coming for you guys. We hope you enjoy it. It will provide you guys with daily updates in terms of scores, what you can expect the following day from teams and games, from a wide team of correspondents and more, but we start off with group previews, basically very easy, quick ways for us to get into and prepare you guys for the upcoming tournaments. So we will go group group we will go group by group. We will release two per day from Wednesday until Friday when the tournament kicks off. So be sure to stay here and stay in touch for all of that. So I am joined by Tom Adams for all of these. You will be hearing from him soon. But first things first, we need to start off with Group A. So let's dive right in. Let's start off with the first team in the group. Italy, Riazzurri, the Blues, they are 7th in the FIFA World Rankings. They famously failed to qualify for the 2018 World Cup. Most recently, they had their last loss, though. Ever since not being able to make it for that 2018 World Cup, their last loss in any international competition was a friendly against Portugal on the 10th of September 2018, and that was after failing to qualify for the World Cup again. In the Euros in 2016, they made it to the quarterfinals before they lost to Germany on penalties. They were 10-0-0 in European qualifying, finishing out with a goal difference of 37-4. to Italy really has come back. Their manager leading them throughout most of this was Roberto Mancini, 32 matches, 23 wins, 7 draws two losses this will be his first tournament in charge in terms of formation they are running with a 4-3-3 with one attacking fullback and the left mid uh pushing back and so now we're gonna get into talking with tom this is where tom's gonna come in we've both looked up players to watch we're gonna offer our players to watch and then at the end of revealing all four of the teams we're gonna talk about what we expect from all the teams going forward so tom who is your player to watch in Italy? Yeah, Jake. So, you know, obviously a lot of people consider Italy to be a quote-unquote dark horse for this tournament. We all know the depth that they possess, the quality that's in their squad. But for me personally, I'm really going to keep my eyes on Lorenzo Insigne. I think he's one of the most unique players in a way in Italy's attack. Yes, a lot of attention is going to be made to uh, Ciro Immobile. Obviously, the leading scorer is Serie A, and he's going to be one of the guys who's gunning for the golden boot in this tournament. But uh, Lorenzo Insigne, obviously, of SSC Napoli, possess possesses the ability to play on either flank or even as a false nine striker uh, alongside uh, Drace Mertens in the Napoli setup. Um, I just think he's someone who's so versatile, and he's very, very good at either cutting back Creating crosses, taking shots, kind of uh, 
for Bayern fans, if you can remember, uh, Philip Coutinho-esque or even Arjen Robben-esque where he cuts into the left. It's a kind of a trademark move of Insigne's as well, coming off of a season with 19 goals in Serie A. I think he's going to be one of the highest producing players for Italy at this tournament, whether it's linking up, as I said, with some of the attacking players like Immobile um, in Italy's attack or just with his distribution, his decision-making, getting crosses and taking shots himself. Uh, but I think he's going to be an absolute key player for this Italian squad, Jake, uh, among a long list of very, very talented players for uh, Mancini's men. My players to watch are the back two center backs, uh, Giorgio Chiellini and Leonardo Bonucci. Uh, they're still going strong. They're still projected to start. Somehow, some way, Italy has not been able to produce two starting quality center backs so they're relying on two players that have come from Juventus who have been there forever and will most likely still be starting the other player that I think everybody should keep an eye on is Locatelli watch him in dropping back on defense as well as in attack he has notable range from outside of the box he should be very important in Italy's build-up odds for Italy which is another thing we are going to be talking about for every team their odds in terms of winning the whole thing and in terms of winning their group current odds pre-tournament are pegging Italy at 11 to 1 to win the whole thing and 4 to 7 to win their group so with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next team, Switzerland, the Nazi or the Rosso Crociati, which means the Red Crosses. They are 13th in the FIFA World Rankings. They have a couple of Bundesliga stars. They finished round of 16th win, or with a loss over Sweden in the uh, 2018 FIFA World Cup. They topped their Euro qualifying group by one point over Denmark, finishing 5 two and one with 17 points their manager vladimir petkovic has still been in charge since 2014 61 games played under him 35 wins 11 draws 15 losses their formation looks more like a 3-5-2 with an option of being a 3-4-3 they rely on a double pivot and a use of a wing back so that double pivot can change and has been known to change from time to time it can mostly be made up of granite jaka and uh, remo freuler though when you consider that switzerland also has players like denis zakaria and jibril sao they can also easily be able to swap in to that area. They also rely a lot on wings cutting in, which is something that uh, Tom might know about because one of those wing backs uh, or wingers cutting in plays for the team that he is on and somebody we at Bayern Munich know and love pretty well. So, Tom, who do you have to watch out for from this Switzerland side? I know uh, a lot of people who will know my uh, Liverpool fanship will be thinking, you know, I just want to sit here and talk about Shakiri, and, you know, I want to see some scenes of him flexing after scoring a goal a la World Cup 2018. That is the obvious answer for me. It will be interesting, Jake. He has not played a hell of a lot of football for Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp this season, but he's one of those guys who's always in and around the setup for the Swiss national team for uh, Petkovic. So, Expect him to be in the starting lineup, at least for the opening two group stage matches. It'll be interesting to see if he's given more of a free, uh, you know, kind of number 10 role, or Jake, as you mentioned, if he'll be coming in off the wings. Um, but I'm very curious to see how his fitness is going to hold up, how he'll do. 
uh, in this tournament because he just has not played a lot of football. He did battle with a lot of injuries. But other than that, Jake, I know a lot of our listeners will be very, very familiar with uh, VFL Wolfsburg and the defensive record that they had in the Bundesliga season uh, this year. I think the amount of clean sheets that they recorded uh, in this past season kind of caught everyone by, by surprise. And because of that, I really want to keep my eyes on Mbabu. Uh, Kevin Mbabu, obviously one of the uh, the wingbacks from VFL Wolfsburg. I want to see if he can translate that form over to the Swiss national team. And, you know, he's one of those guys who can he could do it on both sides of the ball, too. He can get forward. He can come back. He's got a, lo- a lot of pace that helps him on those recovery runs. So I'm really going to keep my eye on, on him as well as Shakiri. But obviously, Shakiri is my main man. I hope he I hope he's able to contribute uh, as much as he can. And uh, I, I have them down, Jake. I think that they're going to sneak the uh, the second spot in this group and progress to the knockout stages. You mentioned Shakiri not necessarily getting a lot of playing time, and that's true. He has one goal and four assists in only 22 games. But year after year, he has proven himself in incredibly important to the way that this Switzerland team is run, so I imagine that he will still be able to get a lot of starting time in this system. The players to watch out for, for me, really, are the back three. So there's stereotypical back three, uh, and keeping in mind that they have wingbacks like Mbabu and Rodriguez pushing up. Their main back three are Nico Elvedi, Manuela Kanji, and Fabian Scher. Combined, they've been mostly the consistent starters on Switzerland's team through European qualifiers. They only allowed six goals in a very, very good group. And I imagine that that will carry them forward throughout all of this. Odds for them to advance 66 to 1 to win the whole thing, 9 to 2 to win the group. By the way, all of these odds are as of the 1st of June of this year. Let's move on to the next team on our list uh, Turkey. Forgive me for mispronouncing my Turkish. Uh, I Dizilash um probably did that terribly. Uh, I apologize. They're the Crescent Stars. Uh, 29th in the FIFA World Rankings. Fourth major tournament appearance in the last eight tries. They finished third in the 2008 Euros, though. Uh, second in their Euro group this year, uh, which included France and Iceland. They finished 7-2-1 and one with 23 points. Their manager, manager uh, Shainol Gunesh, it's his second stint with Turkey. His first stint came very famously leading the team to third place in the 2002 FIFA World Cup over in South Korea and Japan. Their formation is a 4-1-4-1, but it is very flexible. So, Tom, tell me who you like in this turkey side. Well, Jake, I'm really curious to see if the ginger Besiktas cat is going to make an appearance for the Turkish national team. Of course, a lot of you will remember the uh, the cat that made its way onto the pitch when Bayern played Besiktas a few seasons back in the Champions League. <laughs> but on a serious note, the one player that I have my eye on and another another squad that quietly has just a number of fantastic talents on this team, Jake, but the one I'm really keeping my eye on is uh, um, Leicester City's Senjig Under, who for me I saw quite a bit of, and especially for my fantasy team, Harvey Barnes was one of the guy that was a routine outfit in my side, and he came down with a knee injury. I'll add 
in the first half of a double game week, so that was very bad for my fantasy team at the time. But between injuries to both Harvey Barnes and James Madison at different periods for Leicester City, Brendan Rodgers called upon uh, Under quite a quite a lot, and I thought that he had some very very solid link up play with Jamie Vardy and Kelechi Iheanacho up front. Um, I think he's a player who's very pacey. Uh, it could be very very troublesome for opponents in the Premier League when he would come on as a sub. Um, and I think he's just a force to be reckoned with, and I'm curious to see how he'll do uh, in this Turkish side. Jake, I know you've been going with mostly defensive players. <laughs> it's kind of the running theme as we're going through these teams, but I'm just so excited to see how he's going to do on this Turkish national team because I think he was one of a, uh, a long list of underrated players in the Premier League. I thought he was someone who always made an impact when he came on, and I think he'll be able to do it right from the get-go, and I picture him that to be someone who's in the starting lineup for at least two to three of these group stays mat- matches, Jake. So I think he's going to be the guy I'm going to be keeping my eye on. It's really funny how you mentioned that defensive part because the person that I picked was an attacker because I figured that you were going to be talking about the other Leicester City player, uh, Soyuncu, who has been fantastic for them this season uh, in the Premier League, had a really, really good season for Leicester City this year. But instead, I went with Barak Yilmaz, uh, 35 years old, Tom. Still bagging fantastic goals, 18 goals, 5 assists in 33 games with recent Ligue 1 champions Lille. He is definitely going to be somebody I will watch. I remember back in the 2018 World Cup that uh, Egypt had an old goalkeeper. He was like 40-something years old. I feel like Barak Yilmaz will be something similar for for this side so uh odds for turkey 50 to 1 to win the whole thing 9 to 2 to win the group interesting how switzerland and turkey have the same odds to win the group but switzerland is pegged at 66 to 1 to win the whole thing and turkey is at 50 to 1 last team we get to culver wales idrego the dragon 17th in the fifa world rankings which is kind of interesting because when we consider that Turkey is 29th in the FIFA World Rankings, uh, they have odds of 50 to 1 to win the whole thing. Wales are better in terms of the World Rankings in 17th, but they only have odds of 200 to 1 to be champions. If you're a betting person, Wales might not be a terrible choice, and they're 7-1 to one to win their group. So this is their second major tournament in history after making the semifinals in the 2016 European Championships. They finished second in their European qualifying group behind Croatia with a 4-2-2 and record. Their manager, Rob Page, which might be one of the real reasons why they're at 200-1, to one, because if anybody has followed Wales recently... They will know why their manager is Rob Page. Other people may be asking, wait a second, I thought Ryan Giggs was their manager. Well, Ryan Giggs is technically their manager. He hasn't been fired yet, but he has currently been arrested on assault charges. So he cannot be the manager for Wales at this tournament. So his assistant manager, Robert Page, has stepped in. So in the time that he's been in charge, he's only managed a record of 2-1-1. One, and one. Their formation, they have switched back to a back five, uh, usually a 5-2-3, though that can sometimes look like a 3-4-3. Three, three. Tom, who do you like in this team? I feel like there's another obvious answer here, but I want to see if that's who you're going with. There is an obvious answer, uh 
for what 90% of people would say, and then there's an obvious answer for what Tom would say. Um, and in that sense, I am going to give everyone what they want to hear from me. Yes, we could sit here and talk about Gareth Bale's fitness until we're blue in the face and, you know, golf, Wales, Madrid, in that order, whatever the uh, that famous saying was from Gareth Bale. But obviously... So, Jake, the one player I'm going to keep my eye on is Ben Davies from Tottenham Hotspur. I think it's going to be an interesting tournament for him. Did not play as much as he would have liked for Tottenham. This past season, it's been an odd situation under Jose Mourinho and then obviously him getting fired uh, and replaced, at least in the short term, by Ryan Mason. You know, there's been a, a lot of competition in that back line at Tottenham. I think Ben Davies is someone who always plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's had to battle for minutes. Davison Sanchez, Eric Dyer, uh, Toby Alderweireld, uh, obviously Serge Aurier at times. So it's just been a difficult situation for Ben Davies. And as I said, I feel like he always kind of had a point to prove, uh, especially for Jose Mourinho, who would go through periods where he'd show a lot of, uh, you know, confidence in him. Yes, he's had some major injury setbacks as well. Uh, so I'm curious to see if that chip on his shoulder translates to the Welsh national team this summer and, you know, if he can really step up and be a true leader in addition to some of the, the other guys in this Welsh national team squad. Daniel James is my player. He is younger, definitely, than Gareth Bale. But I think in some ways he has the potential to be more explosive because if we remember back to the 2016 Euros, right? Gareth Bale did well, but he wasn't at times their best attacker. They relied on other players. And more importantly, I guess the player that I really want to watch out is... Again, thinking back to the Euros in 2016, right? When Gareth Bale wasn't their best attacker... Tom, can you remember the name of the person who was Wales' best attacker other than him? Other than Bale? Yes. And Giggs? Uh, other than... Uh, there was... I remember in 2016, there was Robson Kanu. Mm -hmm. uh, he, made, he made some waves in that, that historic run that the Welsh went on in 2016. Exactly. That's who I was going for. Hal Robson Kanu, who did not really make much of an impact before or after that tournament. So I feel like this year's Hal Robson Kanu is Harry Wilson. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Last person I want to look out for, Aaron Ramsey. It's not like he's been bad at Juventus or that he hasn't been getting starting time. He got 30 games in for Juventus. But people aren't necessarily talking about Aaron Ramsey as much as they were back when he was at Arsenal. So I want to know if there is a way for him to put a little gas into his tank, into his career, and see if this Euros can be the moment that sparks all of that. So, Tom, these are all the teams that we get to look forward to in Group A. Where do you think they finish? Well, I have Italy down as the group winners, and to be honest with you, all second place and third place, it was a real toss-up, um, but... You know, as we had discussed, or you primarily had discussed the defensive stability of Switzerland, I think that's going to help them in the end against this Turkish side. So, Jake, I think Switzerland are going to finish second, Turkish third, potentially as one of the best third-place teams to uh, go on in advance, and then, unfortunately, for the Welsh uh, in last place. I feel so sad saying that because, you know, I, that's one country I would love to visit, so beautiful, and... I just feel bad, but, you know, the other teams, Italians winning, Swiss second, Turkey third, Wales fall, uh, fourth last. 
if by Wales is a country, you mean the United Kingdom, then I completely agree. But that's for another thing. Don't worry, Wales fans. I'm going to make it up to you because I think Wales is going to finish third, and I think they're going to finish as one of the better teams. I really don't know why I'm feeling this, but I do not feel as high on this Turkey team as some other people do. Yes, they are a pretty solid defensive team, but up top, I don't exactly know how good they are going to be. So I have Turkey finishing last, Wales finishing third and moving on, uh, Switzerland in second, and then Italy in first. So with that, thank you all for listening. We are going to cover Group B very soon, so be sure to look out for that later on today and look out for all of our previews and all of our Euro coverage later on down the line. So we will see you all later. Auf Wiedersehen.